0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the H two P Podcast. Here on DKPittsburghSports.com, I'm your host, Chris Carter, and it is a victory Sunday for your Pitt Panthers. They are victorious over the Clemson Tigers 27-17 at Heinz Field. They sit at 6-1 atop the ACC Coastal with a 3-0 record in the ACC They have won four straight games, all of which they have won by multiple possessions. They are playing complete football, offense, defense, run the ball, throw the ball, get after the quarterback, stuff the run, make big plays in the secondary, limit the other big plays from the other team. This is the kind of pit football Pitt fans have been waiting for so long to see. And they did it on a national stage. In a place where a lot of people were saying on, on social media, oh, this is the game where Pitt loses. Oh, this is the game where Pitt drops it. They're on a national stage. They're ranked. They're saying that people don't respect them enough. This is the game that Pitt always loses. Well, they didn't lose this time. Pat Narduzzi. We all know he's taken a lot of heat over the years. you got to give him credit. He's built the culture. He's built the program. He's built the team that is currently playing among the best in the ACC. And let me say something about that Clemson Tigers team. They may not have Trevor Lawrence. They may not have Deshaun Watson, but they are a bad team still. That defense went toe-to-toe with Georgia, the baddest defense and the baddest team in all the country, and stood tall. And Pitt went against them and stood even taller. A lot of this win says the culture of Pitt's locker room is strong, is headed in the right direction. They're confident. They believe in themselves. They're not cocky, but confident. There's not. It's not like an unfounded sense of arrogance, of superiority. No, it's a sense of we believe in ourselves that you see from these Pitt Panthers. I know Pitt fans, you gotta be feeling good, and I know it's tough for Pitt fans to feel good after every win. You're sitting there with like, like, you know, like the boogeyman is creeping over your shoulder, like you're about to lose the next one. I mean, and heck, you experienced that this year. You had a huge win at ten, at Tennessee in the SEC against a good Tennessee football team, and the very next week you lose to Western Michigan. So I get it, Pitt fans. It's been your identity for so long, but just take a step back, breathe. Look at your team's record. Look at the highlights from that win. Read my Pitt postgame article about how Pitt is for real this year. And you know what? Even better. If you listen to this podcast, and you're trying to have that, that sit-back moment. Sit back and listen. Courtesy of Pitt Athletics on Twitter, this is the sounds of Pitt's locker room when Carter Warren, started, senior starting offensive tackle, and Kenny Pickett were leading Pitt's football team in the Pitt fight song after the game at Heinz Field. I said a one, slow, two, slow, one, one, two, three, over near Old Pittsburgh one, Is that That's pretty cool. Right. That was that's was, that was pretty dope. Right. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're talking about a pit team, a pit program that hasn't put it all together yet. And this was the year. I mean, I said it all all leading up to this season. I'm not pulling no punches. I'm like, th- this is the year. Pat's got to do it right. And, and there have been very reasonable calls to say you know what Pat hasn't done it yet but I said last year I said in that 2020 season mm, I know pit fans are mad it didn't go the way they wanted it to but there's something here that' we're, that we're, that people aren't seeing if they're not looking close enough there's something special going on in that in that locker room and you're seeing it develop right in front of your eyes. Pitt is coming out here playing complete football after that loss to Western Michigan. Kenny Pickett called a team meeting. I wrote about it when it happened, and he said, "He said we have to step it up. We can't allow this." It was it was it's the way that they describe it. mean, when I talked to Kenny Pickett, when I talked to Damari Mathis and John Patricia and all these other guys, I've asked like almost everybody on the roster about this 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 legendary meeting. That that Kenny Pickett called. And it sounds very much like Remember the Titans when they're like, Man, we're gonna be sorry, man, if we don't step it up. And it, you know, and all jokes aside, it seems like it was that kind of a moment for Pitt. Like a hey, we we wanna be good this year. Not no, we want to be great this year. We wanna put this, make this a, a a a season to remember for all Pitt fans. And we can't do that if we're losing games to, to teams from the Mac. Until you lost one, but you, that means you got to finish strong. And they really did in this game. From top to bottom, Kenny Pickett. Killing it out there. Two touchdown passes. No interceptions. He's only thrown one pick in the entire season. And again, that's a Clemson defense that competes... All over the place. Their defensive front nasty. They throw several different blitzes at you. I don't care what anybody says about oh this is this is a Clemson's year. They still got five star talents all over the place. Their five their their roster is full of. They, they, I'll put it this way: they have recruited more five star talented guys in the last two years alone than the ACC has in the last four years. And I mean the rest of the ACC combined. That's how dominant Clemson has been in the recruiting game. And it only gets worse and worse and worse. Well, I guess better for Clemson, but worse for the for for, the, for, for, for Pitt and them. And But this is a, a huge win because guess what? Pitt had like over 30 guys there. 30 kids that were considerate Pitt, guys they've offered – who they're sitting there, who sit there and say, wow, this is an environment? There were over 60,000 fans there. For all the people who say, oh, nobody ever goes to pit games. And the people came to this game, buddy. Most attended game in three years. Over three years. And they showed up. It was on ESPN, national television. Clemson's a big game, big name, regardless of whatever you say about them. They were still 4-2 and two coming into this game. Their losses were Georgia and NC State. Granted, NC State, man, but they're ranked 2. This was a huge win no matter how which way you look at it. Kenny Pickett 25 of 39, 302 yards, two touchdown passes. Jordan Addison, five catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. And and was knocked out of the game, believably put in in concussion protocol. Taysier Mack, three catches, 59 yards and a touchdown. Offense spread the ball all around. This was a team effort. No one player was 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 just carrying the whole team by himself. The running game, the offensive line went into this game, and this was my big thing for the offensive line. This was a huge test for them to see, hey, okay, you beat up on UMass, you beat up on New Hampshire, you did well against Georgia Tech, you dominated Virginia Tech, but okay, now let's see how you do against a big team like Clemson. They looked like they were putting things together against Tennessee, and that was an SEC team, but I was like, eh, we'll see. Nah, this was a complete performance. True freshman running back Rodney Hammett, Jr., Eleven excuse me. Eleven carries, sixty-six yards. Isaiah Conda, nine carries, fifty-six yards. Vincent Davis, twelve carries, thirty yards. I mean, I was Vincent Davis, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, he's a tough guy. I give it to him. Kenny Pickett with two gutsy third-down runs in the in the fourth quarter. I also think it's important to note, and this is again why it's a complete win. Why it's a complete win. Against the number two scoring defense in the country, you scored on four straight offensive possessions. In the second half, when you had the lead by double digits, and you needed to you needed to grind out the clock, you needed to get your defense time to rest and get out there and make some plays. The offense delivered with two touchdown drives to end the first half. They had three drives in the entire second half. They had a a field goal that took 5 minutes and 46 seconds off the clock. They had a field goal that took 5 minutes and 48 seconds off the clock, both of which were in the third quarter. And when they got the ball back, up 10, 7 minutes, 56 seconds left, they ran the entire clock out. They grinded Clemson down. I don't care what anybody says, that's impressive. That's impressive against any team, against the UMasses and the New Hampshire's. But in an 8-minute drive to close out the game, can't say enough about what Pitt did in this game. Cervasier-Dennis with the pick six on the shovel pass. And then the, the humility of afterwards being like, you know, it was it was kind of just like I was just in the right spot. You know, Coach Bates put me in the right spot at the right time, and I just happened to do it. And, and then the way he runs into the end zone and, you know, in the student sections there, and they're going wild. And, and something I think that a lot of people have, have always had a problem with that turnover hoop uh, which they, you know, when they, they, whenever Pitt gets a turnover on defense, they they run to the sideline and they dunk in it, and the whole team rallies around them. And I've heard a lot of people like, "It's so stupid, it's just so dumb. Uh, why can't they just celebrate normally?" Listen, listen, listen. It's actually a very smart thing because you know what happened. As soon as Cervasié Dennis scores a big game-changing touchdown, Pitt goes up 14 points. The place at Heinz Field is going wild. It's on fire. And Pitt has every reason to feel good in that moment. They're beating Clemson. You know what he did? He motioned for the entire team to follow him to the sideline. And within 20 seconds of that touchdown, the entire Pitt defense that is hyped up, celebrating, yelling, they're doing it all on Pitt's sideline around that turnover hoop. And you know what that means? No celebration penalty. So actually, really smart thing. Yes, they totally ripped it off of Miami's turnover chain, but so did everyone else in the country. But they're doing so many things right you got to give Pat Narduzzi credit for that. Especially if you were one of the people that were super, 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 supremely critical of him before. And it's fine. He's deserved the criticism. But this is a huge year. Kenny Pickett is delivering, doing what he's supposed to do. But it's not just Kenny. The defense getting after it. Habakkuk Baldonado playing extremely well. Brandon Hill led the team with seven tackles, had two pass breakups. Eric Hallett, five tackles, two pass breakups. Damari Mathis, big interception. Kalaja Kansi, a tackle for loss. Marquez Williams, two tackles for loss, and those should not be overlooked because they were on wide receiver screens that he sniffed it out. This was a complete team win, I tell you. This came from all over the board. And I think that Pitt fans, you really got to step back and smell the roses because this is a fantastic time to be alive and be a Pitt fan. Now, I could keep harping this point all so long, but we got other things to talk about. I want to take a bigger picture look. I want to step back because now Pitt is ranked. They came to this game number 23. We'll see what the AP rankings say. Uh... On, on Sunday when they come out. But now it's time to actually talk about it. Before it was like all conjecture about what Pitt could do, what Pitt might do, blah, 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 blah. But now it's really time to talk about where can Pitt go? How high can they ascend this season? We'll answer that right here on the H2P Podcast. Right after the spring. Here on the H2P Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, keeping it real with you on the DKPittsburghSports.com podcast platform. Remember, you can get this show and all of our shows at DKPittsburghSports.com on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Anywhere Podcasts are hosted. We appreciate y'all for supporting us. Drop us five stars. Give us some likes. Give us all the love that you can. Let us know what you how you feel out there, especially you Pitt fans out there. I know you feeling good. I know you feeling good on this Sunday. But let's take a step back and wh- and look at why you should be feeling even better. Because the real question now, and I know Pitt fans didn't want to even allow themselves to ask this question. Because of how Pitt is, how Pitt has been. they have crushed your hearts several times again. But it's time to ask the question, how far can this team go? I look at the Pitt schedule. And it's full of all the ACC opponents they got left at home versus Miami on the road at Duke. By the way, Miami, 1-2 in the conference, 3-4 overall. Duke, 0-3 oh in the conference, 3-4 overall. Then they get North Carolina at home. North Carolina you, you it was a team that was ranked pretty high this season earlier. They're 3-3 three three in the conference, 4-3 overall. Virginia at home—that's going to be a serious test. Brennan Armstrong's looking like a real quarterback. Virginia also the, the team right behind Pitt in the uh, ACC Coastal rankings. They're four and two in the conference, six and two overall, and they finish on the road at Syracuse, the Orange, who are one and three in the conference, four and four overall. But y'all know it's bigger. Than just their those opponents. It's about everyone else around them because now they're nationally ranked. Pitt's actually in that conversation, and there's real. There's a really good chance they're about to move up. How far they move up? Well, let's take a look of the nationally ranked teams. You saw certain teams do they what 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 you expected. Cincinnati Cincinnati almost lost to, to Navy. Navy was digging up in them, but uh, they, they still won by seven. Oklahoma, Kansas dug up in them, but still won by 12. Alabama did what they were supposed to do. Tennessee early on was digging with them. It was it was a seven-point game at halftime, and then Alabama became Alabama in the fourth quarter and won 52-24. Ohio State at number five, 54-7 blow out of Indiana. Michigan blew out Northwestern, so the top six teams, they handled their business. But that number 17, Penn State, losing in a nine-overtime loss to two and five, now three and five, Illinois. Yuck. I know Kendra Green is talking smack to Pat Fryer So they got to take a step down. Now, I'm, hear me. Before anyone goes there, I'm not saying that Pitt's going to supplant Penn State. I'm not going there. I'm going through with the rankings. Give me some time. If there's a Penn State fan listening and you're about to yell at me, stop it. Get out your feelings. It's all right. Y'all still 5-2 y'all still and two and got a shot. You get to play Ohio State next week. Be calm down. I'm not coming for you. Number 18. The number eight team in the country, Oklahoma State, lost to Iowa State. So they got to come down. Oregon at number 10, hung on for a three-point victory on the road against UCLA, unranked. Um, Ole Miss at 12, beat LSU. Notre Dame at 13, beat USC. Uh, Wake Forest had a basketball score of 70-56 to 56 over Army. What a bizarre game. Uh, they're the number one team in the ACC right now. It's 7-0, 3-0 uh, in the conference. And uh, if all things stay the same, they will be the champions of the ACC Atlantic. There's still a long way to go, though, but uh, they came into this weekend ranked 16. Looks like they're going to jump up a bit. Coastal Carolina from the Sun Belt Conference came into the weekend ranked four, 14th. They lost to Appalachian State. So, they're coming down. Texas A&M at 17 at rank 17, they win by 30 over South Carolina. NC State though, another one of the teams that was at the top of uh, of uh um of the, the 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 Atlantic Coast Conference. The Atlantic Conference, excuse me. Um Atlantic Division of the ACC. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm clicking between a lot of screens here to make sure I'm getting all the scores right. But NC State went on the road and lost to Miami, who's now 3-4, and four, and that was their first ACC win. NC State's got to come down. San Diego State handled their business at 22. So did uh, UTSA. Uh, and uh, But Purdue at 25 lost. but who cares? They're behind pit. But the bottom line is one, two, three teams, four teams, excuse me, ranked above Pitt, lost their games. Now, does Pitt move above all of them? No. Coastal Carolina? Maybe. I can see Coastal Carolina. NC State? Definitely. I definitely see NC State dropping after that one. But maybe Pitt also jumps over San Diego State, even though they're undefeated and playing in the Mountain West, because Clemson's still an impressive opponent. And now you start to ask the one. I got a lot of these questions in the live file on DKPittsburghSports.com during the game. It's like Chris, you know, is is the playoff a possibility? Uh, let me stop you right there. Let's not get into that just yet, <laughs> because that's also Western Michigan. The Western Michigan loss still is going to last. On you know, Western Michigan won't. If Pitt wins out and does all, does all the things they're supposed to do, and and wins the ACC. And they're they're at the end of the season. They're what twelve and 1, 13 and whatever it would be if they win all their games. They're six and one now. They got six games left. Or they got five games left. And then they would have an, a conference game, so they have six more wins. So they'd be twelve and one if they if they win out all their five the rest of their five games. Go to the ACC championship game and beat whoever's there. They'd be twelve and one. They'd be in the conversation. I, I think I think it's important to note. No college football playoff since 20, since it began in 2015. No college football playoff has been without an ACC team. Granted, those have been Florida State and Clemson pretty much every year, but no college football playoff has been without an ACC team. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year because they'll look at Cincinnati and say, well, you they went into this weekend ranked number two, at least by ESPN. Also, please note that I was reading ESPN's rankings, not the APs. But when I look when I look at this, you see teams like Cincinnati, teams like Oklahoma. You know, are they going to have other more losses? Oklahoma's still undefeated, dealing with a quarterback switch crisis. Alabama's still up in that mix. Ohio State is still up in that mix. Michigan is undefeated. Collision course with with Ohio State. Can you feel me? There's a lot of teams that are going to be up in that conversation to make the to make the final four teams, which is why the college football playoffs should be expanded. I've been saying that for years. I think eight's the perfect number. You get all five of the power five conferences, you get a group of five teams, and then you get two 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 at at-large bids. Bing, bang, boom, you have an excited playoff period. And also, since the college football playoffs have been around, those all three of those games are always among the most watched broadcasts in all in all of television not just sports all of television and normally it's like in the top 100 broadcasts in a year i think 72 of them are sports 68 of them are are NFL games three of them are college football playoff games and then ones like a college bowl game but no other sport carries that kind of leverage but anyways back to the point of pit I'm not so sure that enough teams can lose their spot, even if Pitt wins out, wins the ACC, and blows out all their like – let's say they blow out every opponent that they face from here. They, they don't have a, a, a closer-than-two-possession game for the rest of the way. And I don't think it'd still be enough to supplant a lot of these teams that are up there that are probably going to keep winning throughout the season. Now, if some of those teams drop, we'll explore that then. But what will happen is they will get a New Year's Day Six ball. And I know there's people out there thinking, "Oh, buddy, what about Penn State?" I think that would be exciting. If you look back on the, if you remember on the website dkpittsburghsports.com, Corey Geiger, our Penn State beat writer, uh, and I collabed for an article, and he said, "Oh, it's not a rival anymore. No one wants to see that." I'm like, mm, "Listen, buddy, I got a family that's Penn State fans. Please forgive them. But when they play Pitt, it is war in my family." And there's also the track shock. And the thing is when Penn State wins, they're like, who they, they, they try to they try to act like they're like they're superior. But it's also like, okay, well, what have you done with that superiority? You ain't been to the playoffs one time. You're always the little brother in the Big Ten, anyways. And yes, Penn State's been a much more successful program over the past, over the past several years. But what have you done with it? They're a lot closer to Pitt than they realize. And I think right now, this year, if they played. Pitt would smack them. It wouldn't even be like 2016 when 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 Pitt barely won. It was an amazing game and James Conner was on fire. No, I, I think like Pitt would would, would put the hurt on them boys. Just the way that, that 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 Penn State's playing now. Maybe Penn State turns it around and Sean Clifford becomes an amazing quarterback overnight. But I think they could do some damage there. But this is the point. This is a year, a signature year, that Pat Narduzzi needs to win. Because you're thinking beyond this year, right? You're thinking about this isn't just about winning the college football player this year and going for it all and being the national champions. That all sounds great and that's a a nice pipe dream. But the realistic goal that is in front of Pitt right now is to prove that it can be a competitive major football program in the country. And yet all those recruits sitting in Heinz Field watching a ruckus environment and a pro football stadium in a big-time television performance, and you get a big-time win with big-time plays. Do that a few more times this season. Win the ACC. Then go to whatever big-time bowl game that you get and face a ranked big-time opponent in a neutral site and beat them in a confident way that says, this is signature fit football. Go on to have Kenny Pickett earn... Heisman consideration, and however much of a hater you want to be, he's in the Heisman consideration. He's got 23 touchdown passes, only one interception, and he's leading his team to a 6-1 and record in the ACC. That's enough to get consideration. I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm just saying he's in the consideration. But do all those things, which are very reachable right now. They can bang with any team in the ACC. They can beat any team in the ACC, not just bang with, not just hang with. They can beat confidently any team in this ACC conference right now. Do all those things. And those recruits will start be looking over like, oh, what's that over there? I can have fun with that. I can go there and win like that. Maybe I want to hop on the new hot thing in the ACC. Now, Clemson's still the supreme recruiting power. As I said, they've got more five-star recruits in the last two years than the rest of the conference has in the last four years combined. But This is how you start to build. And this is why, just because Pitt fans were frustrated. And not that your frustrations weren't warranted. But a good college football program is built on consistency. And you can't get consistency if you're changing your coach all the time. It's just a reality. You got to build culture. And it takes time to build culture. And doing it the right way, not paying for it like some of the bigger schools that have been like that have over the years. Pitt's doing it the right way right now. Enjoy it. It's a fun run. And if they do it the right way and they win, maybe they start to win more recruiting battles. And when you're in some more recruiting battles, you start to build more of your program back up. Maybe you get some guys at the transfer portal that are like, hey, I want to win with you guys over there. Then maybe you're talking. And you start to take the steps to being a more consistent football program. And not just a, this is a one-year thing. It's a step-by-step journey. They can't look past Miami, and I, I apologize for cutting off their fight song in the first segment because right at the end of the fight song, they said, well, my, beat Miami on three. One, two, three, beat Miami. It's already on. the. Kenny Pickett said, I'm about to go have a cold one, and then it's on to Miami. They're focused. They really believe in the hype that Pat Narduzzi has given them in how to focus, go 1-0 one week, and then have to go 1-0 the next week. The culture is working enjoy that pit fans enjoy the ride enjoy the win don't let the stresses of uh, of yesteryears make you too timid to enjoy this right now because if they if they do what they're supposed to do say they go 12 and 1 this year even 11 and 2 11 and 2 maybe they win the ACC they go to New York state they have a they have a big uh, big bowl game you're gonna regret not enjoying it as best as you can, and then who knows? Maybe in years to come, this becomes the season that kickstarted everything for Pitt to have a resurgent program and be maybe one of the better football programs in the ACC. That's all we have for you today on the HBP podcast. I know it was a lot; it's a lot longer of an episode than normal, but I wanted to get. Give all my reactions, all my emotions, all my my uh, my heightness to y'all. It's in the middle of the night. Katie Pickett said he was going to have a cold one after the game when he was asked on ESPN. Guess what? I'm going to have a cold one in a little bit here. I still have to eat dinner. It's like 1230 in the morning. Goodness me, I'm going to eat some some spaghetti I got left over and drink me a, a good IPA. But do check out our work on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the HTB Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques, also on Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. We've got a lot more stuff coming your way this, this this week with Pitt. And just go back and read that article with all the for all the great quotes from all the players, the coaches. It was a heck of a night. And Pitt fans, you have yourself a heck of a weekend. I'll be back in the ears next week, talking after Pitt takes on Miami at Heinz Field. get to that then remember pit fans enjoy the ride and h2p